electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, from motivational guru Gary Shockey, the heat is on. You can accomplish anything when you walk through this fire. But Shockey's much more than a fire-walking showstopper. He's a relentless con man selling imaginary products while raking his victims over the coals to steal millions. I'm making five figures a week. I cast a 20-some-thousand-dollar check the other day. But when Shockey hatches a scheme full of shadowy government contracts and million-dollar paydays, he sets sail for murder. His motivation was pure greed, absolute greed. Spring 2008, 44-year-old Gary Shockey sits in a Southern California police station. You want to be cleared as a person of interest in this case, and that's... Uh, I'm, I'm not worried about being cleared in this case because we don't have a body. The missing body is that of his business partner, Robert Vendrick. Don't, don't you think that if he was dead, though, that there'd be a body? We knew that Mr. Vendrick was murdered. We knew that Mr. Shockey murdered him. It was very, very obvious that there was foul play. Three months earlier, Shockey and Vendrick leave nearby Dana Point Harbor on a 23-foot sailboat named the Odyssey. But only Gary Shockey returns. Have you had anything to do with Bob's disappearance? No. Shockey says Robert Vendrick is perfectly fine living off the grid in Mexico. But prior to Vendrick's disappearance, he entrusts Shockey with enough money to kill for. Tracking the money that Bob has given you, he's given you about $1.2 million. Before he's a murder suspect, Gary Shockey is just a hustler. Here, speaking to investors, Shockey makes it clear there is one thing above all that motivates him. You know, people say money isn't everything. Well, unless you don't have any, you know, <laughs> then what does money become? Everything. Shockey spends his early years bouncing from state to state and job to job. Gary just wanted to be an extremely wealthy person. Get rich quick was his model. And when the money stopped going, it was do something else. His first child, Joseph, is born in 1986. But six months later, Shockey ditches his wife and infant to start a new family. From when I was six months to about when I was seven or eight years old, I seen my dad one time. In the late 90s, Shockey drifts down to Spring Hill, Florida, where he sells diet supplements online from a small office building. His strong personality attracts an eager sales force. And soon, Shockey is popping bottles of Dom Perignon and celebrating his new wealth. Make the money, spend the money. 
If he had a dollar, if he had $100, if he had $10,000, he spent it. His son Joseph, now a teenager, moves to Florida to reconnect with him. Joseph often joins his father at work, where he says Shockey connects easily with anyone he meets. His voice was very powerful. It was very easy for him to get people to follow him. He was a great leader. Taking his cue from well-known motivational speakers, Shockey discovers his powers of persuasion can open doors and open wallets. When you put your mind to something, you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. I mean, what But I speaking to crowds isn't the only way Gary Shockey learns to fire people up. He attends training in Las Vegas to become a master firewalking instructor. And on March 4th, 2000, Shockey puts his skills to the test on the Guinness World Records primetime show. 36-year-old Gary Shockey is tonight attempting a Guinness World Record. Tonight, Gary won't be walking on grass. He'll be walking on this. As darkness falls, things begin to heat up. Hundreds of people watch as Gary Shockey takes his first steps. The fire has been measured at over 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Within seconds, Shockey walks 165 feet across the glowing coals, shattering the previous world record. How does it feel I'm to okay be now. a Guinness yeah, World Record holder? How does it feel? Well, that, that's great. I, I just want people to know that you can accomplish anything when you walk through this fire. Nothing was on his feet, not even one blister. It was definitely one of the highlights that I remember with my father was that day. But much more important than the lack of blisters is the notoriety that Shockey's feet brings him. From 2000 to 2006, his website changes frequently as he leapfrogs between business ventures, encouraging people to sell whatever idea he's currently promoting. Orange County Assistant DA, Abraham Baytai. He's looking for people that want to make the quick buck because that's what he's about. Diet products, computer software, internet radio, energy drinks, even real estate. Shockey's asking people to not only sell his products, but to invest in his companies as well. Before you know it, I'm going to give you your money back plus a 20% return or a 30% return. But to keep the money rolling in, Shockey must constantly bring in new investors. In 2001, Shockey calls internet marketer Brian Garvin in California. Garvin's written a computer program that can collect millions of email addresses off the internet, names that Shockey intends to turn into sales leads. I brought a whole bunch of people into the program and those people got a whole bunch more people. So Gary ended up with thousands of marketers. Together, Shockey and Garvin publish a web book called Gary Shockey's Secrets. In it, Shockey claims Garvin is making $172,000 a year marketing Shockey's products. Although Garvin admits this number is wildly inflated. I did make some money with Gary, but that money was about seven or eight grand. Shockey also publishes an autobiography to trumpet his rags-to-riches story. He claims he's making $4 million a year and that 20,000 people are following him. I made $61,000 last month was my monthly check. Also got an $8,500 Rolex. 
At least 1,800 people buy into his businesses, paying Shockey hundreds and thousands of dollars, mostly for products and investments that don't actually exist. He doesn't have a product. He doesn't have anything to sell you other than an idea for you to give him money and then he just walks away. One by one, Shockey's followers realize they've been scammed. They begin posting complaints online to warn others. As Shockey's followers quickly fade away, in 2002, Brian Garvin also decides it's time to move on. You know, he was a shyster and I wasn't gonna work with him anymore. Even Shockey's son, Joseph, has had enough and moves back to his mother's house in Ohio. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel like a son. I just wanted to come home. But one person who does stick with Shockey is retired Phoenix businessman Robert Vendrick. Shockey and Vendrick first meet in 2002. Vendrick, married with grandchildren, is the perfect mark for Gary Shockey. Orange County investigator Mike Thompson. Mr. Vendrick was naive about the predators that exist on the internet. And uh, Gary was out there trolling. In later police interviews, Shockey will admit he strings Vendrick along for five years with failed deals and empty promises. How many ventures do you think you and Bob have tried since 2002? 20. And out of those 20, how many have made a profit? Not one. OK, not one. What's so absolutely tragic about Vendrick is Vendrick kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And those failures hook Robert Vendrick for more than $1 million. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. By 2006, times are tough for Gary Shockey. The motivational speaker is still talking, but few are listening. Gary has virtually nothing. His family has virtually nothing. They are aching out in existence. Gone are the cameras and adoring followers. Shockey's relocated his family to a rundown home 14 miles outside of Richmond, Virginia. Now there is only one person still funding his schemes, Arizona investor Robert Vendrick. It was always a one-way street. It was always Vendrick giving money to Shockey and Shockey telling him, the big day is coming. It's not here yet, but it's coming. But when Vendrick's wife learns that Shockey has taken more than $1 million from her husband, she demands a lawyer be brought in to sort things out. Shockey lays low in Virginia. 
To make ends meet, the 340-pound fast talker sets his sights on a brief new career. He came up with the idea that he is going to be the best bounty hunter ever. Shockey chases down parole violators for six months in 2007. But when he fires a shotgun over the head of a fleeing suspect, he's arrested for reckless use of a firearm and his plans fall apart. He just took his gun and cranked off a few rounds in the air and, hey, that's not how you arrest people. <laughs> Shockey spends a month in jail, broke, and with Robert Bendrick's lawyer sniffing around, investigators suspect he begins to panic. He figures he's taken more than $1 million from Vendrick. And if Vendrick goes to the cops, Shockey knows he's finished. The desperation was, I need to make this guy disappear in a way that will get law enforcement off my back. As soon as he's released, Shockey meets with Vendrick in Phoenix. There, he presents his final business pitch in February 2008. Shockey says he has developed a classified people-tracking software program that the U.S. government can't wait to get its hands on. 22 federal agencies are going to completely get rid of their existing computer software and be replaced by a computer software developed by Mr. Shockey. It's top secret. But Shockey promises Vendrick that this time the payout will be huge. Robert was going to receive a payment of $1.2 million and then would receive a residual amount of $600,000 for the next several years. There's no contract, and the deal sounds completely crazy. Your first reaction will be, who would ever buy into this story? It's like the chapter from a mystery novel. But it's just the story Vendrick desperately wants to hear. It happens to be the amount of money that Bob's invested. And I think that was the carrot that really drew Bob to do something very irrational. Adding to the cloak-and-dagger mystery, Shockey says they need to go to Southern California, buy a boat, and then sail 25 miles to Catalina Island to seal the deal. But first, Shockey needs another $100,000 that he instructs Vendrick to wire into a joint Wells Fargo account. Then, Shockey takes a bus from Phoenix to Orange County, California. There, he buys a 40-year-old sailboat named the Odyssey for $1,000. Shockey doesn't know how to sail, and he has no interest in learning. The only purpose for the boat was to help him accomplish his objective. Shockey raids the Wells Fargo account to buy a depth finder, a pirate flag, and an 18-pound river anchor. A mushroom anchor is absolutely worthless in an ocean environment for securing a vessel. On February 15th, Vendrick flies to Orange County and meets up with Shockey. That night, Vendrick sleeps in his hotel room, while Gary Shockey stays in the Odyssey's cramped quarters. Early the next morning, security cameras show Gary Shockey and Robert Vendrick climbing aboard the Odyssey before slipping out into open water. Shockey never raises the sail. He uses the Odyssey's 9.9-horsepower kicker engine to motor him and Vendrick to their destiny. February 18, 2008. It's been two days since Gary Shockey and Robert Vendrick set out to close a $1.2 million top-secret government contract. No one has heard from them since. 
Alerted by Benrick's distraught wife, police search his Dana Point hotel room, and the mystery grows. They find his laptop still on, as well as diabetes medicine and a burning fireplace. He had his suitcase in there. We had a ticket to fly back to Phoenix, so he clearly had all the intention in the world to go back to his family. Benrick's rental car is also found parked nearby. But there is no sign of Robert Bendrick or Gary Shockey, or the Odyssey, the 23-foot sailboat they were last seen on. The next day, police receive a call from Long Beach. It's Gary Shockey, alive and well, and worried about his friend, Bob Bendrick. Is Robert okay? Uh, we don't know. That's what we're trying to find him, too. Shockey agrees to come in and meet with investigator Mike Thompson and his partner. I love Bob. Bob is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want a lawyer or anything like that or nothing. I, I mean, I want to find Bob. Shockey admits he and Vindrick left Dana Point together on the boat. But he says they didn't get far. He chickened up. He said, you know, just Bert's not going to make it. Blah, blah, blah. I said, well, what do you want to do? He says, well, take me back to the hotel. Shockey says he drops Bendrick off on the pier and then continues alone to Catalina Island, expecting Bendrick to take a ferry and meet up with him later. During the six-hour voyage, Shockey leaves several voice messages on Bendrick's cell phone. Hey, Bob, it's Gary. Um, I'm about halfway across. Everything's fine. Call me back. The first call is the way buddies leave messages for each other, and then it progresses, that sense of urgency. Where are you? I'm waiting for you. I'm worried about you, bro. Talk to you later. Bye. Gary's trying to establish his alibi, that he's concerned about Bob, that he doesn't know where Bob is. Shockey says he waits two days on Catalina, but Vendrick never arrives and never calls him back. He also admits Bendrick wired him $100,000 before he disappeared. But he claims that's no big deal. It's money for Bob. Bob's been giving me money for years. Shockey's withdrawn around $30,000. But now that Bendrick's missing, investigator Mike Thompson freezes the remaining account. Shockey directs investigators to the empty 23-foot odyssey which he's left tied 40 miles north in Long Beach. Assistant DA, Ibrahim Beitai. We searched that boat like there is no tomorrow, you know, to see if there's any blood, any evidence of a struggle. There's no evidence of foul play, but a few important items are missing. We pretty much accounted for everything that Gary had purchased or bought. The only thing that we couldn't account for was an 18-pound river anchor, an undetermined length of rope, and Mr. Bendrick. If no body surfaces, Shockey's in the clear, as long as he keeps his mouth shut. But he can't. For months, Shockey argues that Bendrick is alive. The frozen money rightfully belongs to him. What entitles you to that money? What have you, what have you done? Bob wired it to me. He gave it to me. It's mine. In May, Shockey calls investigator Mike Thompson with exciting news. I know where Bob is. Where's Bob? Bob is in Mexico. Shockey, broke and desperate for the frozen cash, says he's actually met Bendrick face to face. 
Bob again agreed with me last night that that was front money for me to continue on doing business, and that's my money, okay? Yeah, he, he wanted that money more than anything else. Bendrix never found in Mexico or anywhere else. And after nearly a year of fast talking, Shockey's lies finally catch up with him. I've never killed anybody. I've never thought about killing anybody. Bob was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. You mean as? Why is he saying was? Why is he saying was my friend? Because he killed him. Even Gary Shockey can see the holes in his story. When asked how a jury would respond to his changing alibis and the missing rope and anchor, his bravado disappears. Bob, alive or dead? Dead. Okay. What do you think they think happened to Bob? I killed him. On February 12, 2009, Gary Shockey is arrested and charged with murder for financial gain. Even behind bars, Shockey can't stop talking. A cellmate tells prosecutors that Shockey has come clean with him about the fate of still-missing Robert Vendrick. When they get to a point where Shockey felt they're out in the open ocean, there's nobody around, the depth is good enough, he stops the engine. Citing engine trouble, Shockey asks Vendrick to help him. Then he overpowers the 71-year-old and ties a belt around him. Then he hooks on it, the anchor, and then he lifts him up drops him overboard, waits for a minute or two or three to make sure nothing's gonna come back up, start the engine back on, and off to Catalina he left. Moments later, Shockey leaves his first voice message on Vendrick's phone, knowing investigators will be listening carefully. Call me back, man. what's going on? Bye. He listened to Vendrick's voice on the answering machine, and he left him a message pretending to be his best friend. If that's not diabolical, nothing is. After a three-week trial, the jury deliberates for less than three hours before returning their verdict. Guilty of first-degree murder. On July 22, 2011, Gary Shockey is sentenced to life without parole. Behind bars, Shockey tries to make amends with his estranged son, Joseph, but it is too little, too late. He apologized over and over. With him, it was hard to tell whether he was being genuine or whether he wasn't. Gary Shockey spends less than three years behind bars. In February 2014, he suffers massive heart failure and dies. It's the final chapter of the bizarre and murderous odyssey of serial con man Gary Shockey. It's greed motivated by somebody who's being very selfish. When you take a greed and being selfish, that's a deadly combination. Thanks for listening to the American Greed Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.